You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. Download at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. It's Jeff Kay, public address announcer for your Dallas Stars, and you're listening to Starcastic Remarks, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Go Stars! Hey guys, welcome back to Starcastic Remarks. Alongside James and Chris, my name is Ryan. We are the official Dallas Stars podcast of THPN. Go and use that promo code THPN the next time you go and use DraftKings Sportsbook. Thank you to DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, hey guys, how are y'all doing tonight? It feels like uh, we haven't done one of these in a very long time, just with, uh, I mean, just with the holidays and with Chris, your wedding, we kind of got a little busy, especially you got a little busy with just with all the planning that's required for a wedding like that. And uh, it's just kind of nice to just kind of sit down and we'll see where the conversation takes us. But uh, how are y'all feeling tonight about last night? <laughs> Any better? I don't care about last night. Let's talk about this afternoon. The Cowboys <laughs> clinched the division and the Eagles get dominated. What a what? No, I, no, no stress. We didn't have to flip back and forth between channels. It was just Dak Prescott putting on a clinic and the Eagles just rolling into their dirt graves as they're about to get dominated next week. I can't wait. It's it's weird to to see that to be totally honest with you because I I fully expected what Saad Youssef uh, tweeted out earlier. I expected both teams to lose, and that's how the Cowboys win home field advantage for the playoffs. Is it that both the Cowboys and the Eagles lose? But it was a lot more fun to watch the Eagles win. I agree with you, Chris. I mean, the Cowboys are like what nine and zero at home this season, right? Something like that at home. Yeah. So. I, I guess we just have to keep the Super Bowl at uh, Jerry World, and we'll maybe that's finally how we win the Super Bowl. We'll see. But agreed. Uh, James, how are you feeling? Are you feeling any better about last night? James has big news. He does. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I technically had it yesterday too, but I did pass my Security Plus exam. Boom. So we certified. The cybersecurityist hit up sarcastic remarks. <laughs> a cyber security security yeah, try hacking our website you can't don't please don't try don't try that's not permission <laughs> that was not permission <laughs> well, be careful there chris be very very careful um it, anyways I, i'm feeling a little better about last night uh just i i guess time heals all wounds in in some cases but we're we're just gonna see where the conversation goes with it tonight. Obviously, we, we normally what I'm really good about is having some sort of an outline and just going from there. I have a couple of things, but I didn't send anything formal to either Chris or James. So we're literally just gonna just talk circles around uh, what's been going on and what we've seen from the stars, some of the latest uh, NHL news. Uh, but first off, uh, what I want to get into is obviously the biggest news from this past week. And we talked about it a little bit in the episode yesterday. But Mirror Haskin, uh, he is going to be out for, it's they've called it week to week. So we're assuming the rest of January, maybe around three weeks. And that's a lot of games to be without your best player on the ice. So it, let, let's just kind of dive into all the aspects of, uh, of this injury because... First off, the the thing we need to talk about is the amount of minutes that he has been playing. So Miro Heiskanen is, I think he's fifth in time on ice among all NHL skaters. Not just the Stars, not just the Central Division, not just the Western Conference. All of the NHL, he's fifth on time on ice. So he plays a bunch. He plays a bunch. So it, it, would, it was really interesting to me from the game last night to see who was going to get a majority of those minutes. And I was wrong about that. And Thomas Harley got a majority of those minutes. So what do you think the stars are going to have to do in addition to what we saw from the game last night? What, what, how do y'all feel about, about time on ice? Who should get more minutes? I feel like from last night, 
you should expect pretty much what we have, what we got, except for the fact that probably Hawk and Paul will get more minutes. I, you'll probably see like three people hit 20 minutes a night. You're probably going to see Harley, Linda O, Hawk and Paw, and maybe even Suter might hit 20 minutes or very close to 20 minutes a night. I mean, it, it should be all right there. And hopefully that next week we don't have to play Lundquist and Hanley as much. But I mean, you're going to have to see them take at least like 15, 16 minutes, which is more than normal for them too. But it, it, I really think that spreading it evenly is our best bet. Okay, so there, uh, Chris disagrees. He, he's he's working on something for a second. Not sure what's going on with him. But anyways, the the deal with that thought process, James, is this. I really think what's going to be done is that it's just going to be Harley who takes over the number one role. And he's not going to play as much as Miro does. He, but I mean, we saw last night exactly what's what's kind of going on is the fact that he's going to play 24, 25 minutes a night. I, I, I think that's honestly what is going to happen with that. And pretty much everyone else is going to fall in line. And what I do think is going to happen, though, is that that's going to kind of there's there's going to be a couple of people who have a little bit more minutes than normal. But I think for for that, it's just Harley's number one. I, I think that's what we'll probably see. And I think I would argue that's what we saw last night a little bit. Yep. Sorry. Pre, sorry, guys. Previous uh, location got compromised. I I don't even know what happened. But anyway, I kind of agree with you more, Ryan. Um, I, I think we've already saw from last game, Harley is just head and shoulders above even the other players, even in his only his second season. Not, not He hadn't even played a full season. He's already better than the other five guys we have out there. Um, and I'm honestly more excited about the opportunity that this gives Harley than trying to see the minutes get spread out. I mean, we could really see Harley like take that next step into being like solidified as our number two defenseman. I mean, he, in our eyes, he probably already is, but this could show coaching staff. Hey, this guy is number two and should play with Miro and should play almost as much as Miro. And that might be what we're looking at. And it's especially due to the fact that we have nobody that can get the puck out of the zone. We have Harley who can get the puck out of the zone and Lundqvist sometimes, but Lundqvist also makes terrible defensive plays on his own end. So it's the the four checks are going to be tough against the teams we play here in the near future. Yeah, and they should be. And that was one of the things that actually I didn't notice from last night's game. You go and you look at Nils Lundqvist's time on ice, he almost had 19 minutes of time on ice. That's pretty good. That's, that's not just Very good. good that's him. a ton for him. That's four more minutes a game than his average. Yep. So that is a ton of minutes. That's, and a lot of that's probably, I don't know who he's playing with mostly. I assume it's with, it's, it's probably split between Harley and Suter, honestly, but it, it, especially late in the game when we needed that extra offensive pressure. I mean, Harley Lundquist is a very good offensive defense pairing. Yep. So agree. So the other reason why I was completely wrong with my blog posts and the fact that I thought Lindell should get more, uh, we saw that pairing of Lindell and Hockenbaugh get torn apart in the game last night. And, I mean, that's not normal. Normally, they're both. I mean, Hockenbaugh is not as good as Lindell, but normally they're both a lot better than they were. Uh, however, the, the other thing that I was thinking about when it comes to time on ice, and specifically time on ice because we're talking about this, is we like to play both Hawkinpaw and Landell like almost exclusively on the penalty kill, right? They they play like if it's a two minute penalty kill, they play the entire two minutes. That's just what we've seen. We didn't see that at the beginning of the year, but we've seen it kind of progress that way uh, throughout the season. And if you throw Harley and just say, "Hey, it's yours. You're number one," you can still do that with both Hawkinpaw and Landell. They might get a couple of extra shifts, and they might be a little bit more tired. But you can still sort of kind of do that uh, with that penalty kill, and that's not as affected as if you spread the minutes out among all of the defensemen for the Dallas Stars, which I hadn't thought about until literally, I think it was last night around, like after we did the podcast, and I was like, that's actually, that's actually very beneficial to the team if Harley can do that. So if Harley can keep up those minutes, then that allow 
I mean, and it's it's not like Lindell and Hockenpah are bad on the penalty kill. They're very good and shown they can be a, an elite defensive pairing on the penalty kill. So yeah. I, I think that's a great reason to give Harley minutes, yes, for all the things Chris mentioned, but also to keep uh, Lindell and Hockenpah on the penalty kill. Yeah, you got to give them more credit than that. They are probably the best penalty-killing pair in the NHL. The, the problem is they can't pass the puck. Every time you see them move the puck, they don't pass it. So on the penalty kill, they don't got to pass. They're playing without the puck the whole time, and they're great when they're not touching the puck. So you got to give them more credit there. They were great. But yeah, last game overall, they sucked. Yeah, and a lot of that is because that, I mean, you look at our pairings without Miro Haskin, and that's our first pairing. I mean, regardless of what you think, that's our two like best defensemen put together. Besides like Harley with anyone else. But the problem is you put Harley with like Suter or Lundqvist. Like those are the two people who can play with. And it, it looks rough at times because of the opposite opposite demon that he's playing with. But like you look at Lindell and Hockenpah, most of the time they are very, very solid. Just when the other team is focusing on them and they're having their best four checkers in on them every shift, every single time, it is obvious how bad they are at getting out of their own zone. Okay, well, then th this is the other thing that they talked about that uh, I I've even seen on Twitter from really, really smart hockey people that are smarter than me and also from uh, Razor and also from Pete DeBoer is the fact that the forwards are just going to have to help out more. It's it's just going to have to happen. And they haven't been doing very good lately either, but now they really need to jump up on that fact and the center's just going to have to come help. I mean, if you see... Essa and Hockenpah out there, and you're the center, you're Rope Hintz, you're Wyatt Johnston, Jamie Benn, whoever happens to be playing center at that at that particular point, you got to go down and you have to help. It, it's just what you have to do in order to keep the puck moving and get it out of your zone. And I think that might be part of why it, we didn't really change our play style whenever Otter got hurt. We're like, okay, we'll play the same, and we'll, we'll get a few saves from Wedge, we'll get less than Otter gave us, but we'll just have to score more. And we were we were scoring a lot more. We were playing better. But when we don't have our goalie that bails us out a lot and we don't have our starting defenseman, now you got to kind of think about pulling back on the offense maybe a little bit and getting back a little bit harder, maybe staying in the zone a little bit longer than you otherwise would to make sure it gets out. So I, I agree with you there. At least until Otter comes back, maybe you have to wait all the way until Miro comes back because that's just how important he is. Okay. So, all right. So that I'm glad you brought that up, Chris, because I mentioned that last night and uh, – I completely forgot I had done that. We do need to talk about the play style a little bit, and then there's one more thing I want to get in with Harley, and then we'll move on to something different. But the the play style, do we really need to do, just go full-on defense? Because at first I was kind of thinking that, even after the game against uh, Nashville last night. But it's not like the defense was bad. The, it, it wasn't all that bad. It was just Wedgwood didn't make a couple of saves. And there was a giant mistake by Yanni Hawk and Paw, and and Essa didn't have the greatest game either. So I, I know we were missing our best defenseman, but I thought it was going to be a lot worse than it was. And it and like you said, Nils played 19 minutes and seemed okay. It, it it wasn't again. It wasn't as good as if Miro was out there, but I didn't think it was like horrendous. Yeah. Uh I think the last three games are unfortunately just isolated incidents because I feel like Wedgie didn't really give us a chance in the last three. It is my problem. Because like you said, last game, we played great. We played really well. All advanced analytics, you got to take this with a grain of salt, but they all showed that we dominated. E even the non-advanced analytics, you just show shots. We dominated in the shots category. We dominated face-off. We got the power play goal, and it just it didn't matter because we our goalie didn't give us a chance to win the game. So, yeah, I... I I forgot where I was going with that. Where was I going with that? Y'all aren't helping me. Nope. Um, <laughs> you're on island. <laughs> I'm trying to read your brain, Chris, but I don't remember what you were thinking. Anyway, I'm saying you, that doesn't mean we have to go all the way defense because we played decent defensively and still scored goals last game and should have scored more is, is my point. So you just have to get not bad goaltending. and that, But that's what we've got in the last three games. That's why it's been so rough is we've had bad goaltending. For three games in a row, you're not going to win with bad goaltending. It doesn't matter how good you play defensively. It doesn't matter how good you play offensively. You're not going to win. Uh, that's fair. That's very fair. And there's um, there's lots of teams in the league that have already figured that out this season. Yeah. <laughs> Edmonton Oilers true. have 
the best two best players in the league Edmonton and 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 not even that it, toronto's had problems with it carolina has had problems with it new jersey has had problems with it those were all playoff teams last year that are all struggling this year and toronto's a good yeah, example also, of as soon as they get a goalie bam they're one of the best teams in the league immediately well and they all those teams are also dealing with a lot of injuries too especially new jersey i don't, I don't know if you saw their oh my gosh I, I thought we were having it rough with losing our number one goalie and our defenseman and yeah they don't they haven't lost their uh number one goalie number one defenseman but they they don't have dougie hamilton they don't have jack hughes like he sure's out uh pavel or not pavel zaka um it's the guy uh palat sorry andre palat is is also out that i mean that's like three guys out of a list of like 10 that they're missing right now so but uh th- i do want to pull this up ardell made a really good point we cannot do that ryan we don't have the personnel in the forward group you probably could have said that if uh, I, I probably could have said that when we had the the Bones era lines where like the Fox line was the FCC line when then that was our third line or whatever. But uh, that's a very good point. The, the, the personnel up front is meant to score goals. All four lines, all four lines, honestly, even the Fox line has done pretty well for a fourth line getting goals going with Smith and with Landra and it, it maybe the. I just think we're going to have to lean back a little bit and be able to help out our defense and our goalie a little bit. Yeah, And basically my overall point was there's a middle ground there. We should pull back a little bit more. We should stay at home a little bit more and make sure the puck gets out. But uh, like like you said there, Ryan, we're we're built as an offensive team. We're built to score goals. We still got to score goals. We can do more defensively. We still got to score. Also, I mean, we we haven't talked about this yet, but – we go back to we just played all those games at home too, and last year and the start of this year we were not as good at home as we are on the road. You know, maybe we go on the road and suddenly the the defense is able to be even better than they normally are. I don't know. Who knows? Well, and typically when you go on the road, you play a little bit more rugged style, right? You want to take the energy out of the game because you don't have home home ice advantage. So. Maybe we see that a little bit on the road. I doubt it. I honestly, I really doubt, doubt it. Too. <laughs> but maybe we see a little bit more structured hockey where it, there's a little, not a ton, but a little bit more focus on defense. Because the, the the two things that are popping into my head is the fact that we have a very young defense, like two guys that we're really relying upon in Harley, who has shown he can be a number one defenseman in the AHL. He's finally getting the opportunity here in a really big situation at a really important time. And then we're also relying on Nils Lundqvist, who played almost 20 minutes and has been scratched more than not in the past month and a half. So I think you need to get those guys a little bit of help. And then the other thing is with Wedgwood, it, he normally makes the first save. Normally, right? It, it's those rebounds that seem to be killing us lately. And, and his rebound control is not always the greatest. And we've seen that uh, in the last couple of weeks and something that's been more noticeable because we've seen him more often. So if he can just, if we can just rely on Wedgwood to make that first save and say, Hey, you get the first save. We'll take care of the rebound. And then as Ardell says over here, use the high flip, use it. (laughs) Then maybe that can be a recipe for success for the Dallas stars on defense with the absence of their number one guys on the back end. So just a thought, and for those of you that don't know what the high flip is, that that's literally basically you're flipping the puck in high in the air as far as as high as you can without any like opposing member of the team being able to reach it to keep it in the zone. So I agree that there's a lot of things to look at there. Um, one more thing with Harley, the on the flip side of special teams, we we saw this last night too. They appeared to try and go with a five forward unit as the top unit on the power play. And it wasn't bad, but it wasn't good enough. And especially when we needed a goal, we were down, we were the down two to one or two to nothing at that point. You throw Harley out there and it takes five seconds for them to score. So I I think that's something that we will see continue for the Dallas stars for uh, Thomas Harley as well. So I mean, he he's he's already making an impact, and yeah. it just sucks that the games we've lost, we've lost the way that we have, we lost our best defenseman, but all the deserve to win o meters on all three of the games we've lost. 
we, we according to that we should have won according to moneypuck.com so more importantly yeah. two of the three we dominated like the that second game i, I forgot against who it was the avalanche. Y'all can help me. The avalanche it was we were slightly above you can kind of throw that as a toss-up the other ones we had over 75 <laughs> percent. that means something weird happened and something weird happened there was a goaltending problem so yeah i'm not i'm not super worried what i'm worried about is the goaltending and that's the number one issue that I think we have right now. And if we can just get some decent goaltending, we'll be good. Or if Otter can just come back, please. Okay. Anything else on the defense? Do we need to talk about Nils a little bit or no? No, I think no, he, Nils, Nils has a trial period right now. where And he did good. I thought he did very well in the, in the first game. And he's going to get around, I, I think, the 19s high. I think he's going to get closer to 18, 17 which is still a lot more than he normally has. It's a really good trial period for him. If he does really well and proves himself here, when we really, really need him, then he can finally stay on the roster. But he has to prove that. And the other thing is, hopefully he can play a little bit looser. He's going to be in the lineup. There's no question that he's going to be in the lineup every single game. So play free, and play good. I mean, he played started well the first game, but I, I agree with you, James. J- just like Harley, this is a huge opportunity for Lundqvist to show that he deserves to be in the lineup every game. And it was a great start last game. He needs to keep doing it, though. And maybe to ease up on the time on ice for Harley, maybe Lundqvist every once in a while can get thrown in on the power play a little bit. That's something that seems to be within his skill set, within his offensive prowess that he apparently has, that offensive potential that I don't think we've quite tapped and he hasn't been able to to use. So maybe when Harley, I mean, because like the, we're used to seeing Miro out for all two minutes of the power play, right? Pretty much. So maybe that gets split up between Harley and Lundquist if Nils is able to keep gaining some momentum and doing doing well in these games that that would if we see him on the power play then we know he's doing really really well okay because i think that will be the biggest responsibility for him uh if he continues to play like the way he is because i thought he played really well on uh on saturday so okay um anything else on the defense before we move on no good. okay all right uh let's move on to uh wedgwood so for for Wedgwood, it's it, it's it's fair to criticize him because y- you kind of have to. I mean, I mean, he's the number one goalie right now, but at the same time, it's hard to criticize him because he is our only option right now. Because Matt Murray has not seen the net, and if we would have seen Matt Murray in net, it would have been against the Chicago Blackhawks, and Wedgwood played both of those games. So it's literally him, and he's played 11, 12 games in a row. I've lost count now. It's like two and a half weeks in a row without Otter in the net. So is that the right outlook looking at Scott Wedgwood and being like, it, it, I'm, I'm going to criticize you, but I'm going to give you a pass because you're playing so much? Or is it like, no, you're, you're getting paid to be an NHL goalie, we need you to make saves because right now you're costing us games. Which which way are you kind of looking at right now? Well, right now what you're seeing is why Wedgwood is a backup goalie and not a starting goalie in the NHL. I mean, he had a couple of huge games in that stretch early on when we were missing Otter. And now he's showing that he has every potential to lose us games too. Because yeah. two of the last three, for sure, he lost the game for us. Two of the last three, there's no doubt. Maybe the Avalanche game, you could argue it. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great either. So it just shows you how much he can fluctuate. So he needs to give us a chance to win. If he's not giving us a chance to win, you have to give him blame. But if he's giving you a chance to win, then you have to give him credit too. Yeah, the the tough games really is the Canadians game and then the the Predators game last night. I mean, we let up 21 in the Canadians, I think, 22 with the Preds. That is... A game that 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 should be like a sit back game for most goaltenders. Like you, you come up, you make you make two saves, maybe like two saves that you shouldn't, and you you win the game. And he didn't do any of that on either of those games. And that's something that you just you just can't have in a starting goaltender. You can't have it because 
that that's a game that your team played great, messed up like five, six times the entire game on defense, give up some bad chances, but every single one goes in the back of the net. I mean, you can't have that. <laughs> okay, so in looking at both of those games that, that y'all mentioned, uh, I really truly believe that was the difference in the game. Uh, like like you mentioned, Chris. I mean, I thought our, our defense was going to be rough in the game last night. I thought it was going to be really bad, and I thought the only way we were going to be able to win is just win 7-5 to five or 6-4 to four or something like that. And it really wasn't the case. So it is really things that I feel for him. He's, he's being asked to play a role that he's not meant to play. And I, th- I think everybody knows it. I really honestly think that everybody knows it. So, so the the other thing I wanted to to kind of discuss about this is the depth for the goaltending position for the Stars because I think this is a worthy talking point when it comes to this. Is this something that needs to be addressed at the trade deadline? Do we need to go out and get a Louis Domingue, something like that, where we can have a third guy who's playing backup? in the AHL to to Matt Murray, and Matt Murray's getting all the time in the AHL. And then if we have another injury like this where we lose Wedgwood or, you know, God forbid we lose Otter again, we've got a guy that we can sort of kind of rely upon rather than just Wedgwood. Because I, I think if you look at, I mean, Neil has done such a fantastic job with what he's done. And he's been he's he's got a bargain contract with Wedgwood at one million dollars, but you have to know that that's an issue, right? Is this something that maybe the stars look at getting fixed at the trade deadline? So you could do that, or you could get another defenseman. So, so I think the answer there is pretty obvious. You're you're going to take the risk with having bad goalie depth, and you're going to get the defenseman. I mean, if Otter's not available in the playoffs. You, that that's a hope and a prayer anyway at that point i feel like there's there's not much chance even if we do go out and get a, a better a better backup so I, I think you have a much better chance of be, being a little bit risky being a little bit light at goaltender and helping out your defense and if everyone's healthy you just kind of have to hope that they are or at least healthy enough to play then you're a much better team because yeah, if everyone's healthy and you don't play that third goalie then he's there for no reason you look at the defense specifically. I mean, after Hanley Lundquist, we have people who have maybe touched the NHL once or twice, and other than that, haven't. It's it is very tough. I feel like it's going to be tougher on the defensive end for the players who are getting hit every single night in the playoffs. Every single time they dump the puck and they're going to go get hit. I mean, you're you're going to need at least one more defenseman. I feel like seven. Feels like a lot to have signed like all the time. Like we constantly have Hanley on the team, but there is no eighth. I mean, other teams have eighth and ninth sometime in the AHL, and we just we it feels like we don't have that at all. I don't think that's true. We've got some guys down in the AHL that yes are completely fringe NHL players, but. I mean, Gavin Bayreuther, he's proven that he can be an NHL defenseman when called upon. He he has. He, he played for Columbus for several, several years, and he be, would be fine in the bottom pairing role. Same thing with Derek Pouliot down into the AHL, and I even think you could add Petrovic in there too. Petrovic's a big guy, and he he's and they're all three of those guys are are vets on the older side, so not like ancient, not like thirty five plus, like like suitor but they're in their late 20s may maybe even early 30s and i i think that that's fine but again it's the depth on the on the goaltending front that i'm worried about but and, and the other thing you have to look at that and i tend to agree with you that i don't think there's gonna they're gonna do anything is if they there's no cap space there's not so if you go and you're like we have to have a third goalie. We have to be able to call this guy up when we need. Someone's going to have to go out. Someone, whether that, and more than likely it's probably Foxa, but Foxa doesn't have a lot of value on the trade market. 
Okay. People would probably at this point, probably people would be looking at Mason Marchment, which, you know, back in October, we might have agreed to, 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 to trade him because he wasn't playing right now, but now he's on the best line on our team. So yeah, he's not, on the obviously table. we're, yeah, it's not on the table. It's not an option. So we just have to hope that our goaltenders stay healthy once Ottinger comes back. Yeah. So, and I think that's what you got to do in the salary cap area. You got to play like your team is going to be at its best. And that's how you got to build your team. You got to pretend like it's going to be at its best. And if not, you got to, you back it up a little bit. I mean, you saw, we saw Neil make, I think we had that one extra defenseman signing that he made. Do you remember who that was, Ryan, uh, this off season? Um, I can't remember. We added, we added some. It was Bay Ruth. Yeah, it was Bay Ruth. Okay. Yes. So you have a little bit of extra backup and it's honestly like it's enough to where it would be serviceable. Mm -hmm. Um, But a goaltender, there's not much of a chance to do that. I feel like really. So you just got to pretend like Otter's going to be back. And if he's not going to be back, you're probably not going to make it far in the playoffs anyway. So I don't think it's worth worrying about. Hey guys, it's Ryan here. We know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet five bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Here's a couple of money lines for you for the games on January 5th. The Devils are against the Blackhawks. The Blackhawks with a plus 310 and a New Jersey Devils team with a minus 395. The Hurricanes against the Capitals. The Hurricanes with a minus 166 and the Caps with a plus 140. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with the code THPN. New customers bet just 5 bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2024. All rights reserved. James, any other thoughts? Um... The only other thing that I was thinking is like, because we have, it's it's weird because we have that depth in forward. Like we have it's ridiculous. people even in the AHL who we can call up and could be on our second and third line. And we just, it, it feels like we have no one on the defensive end. Like we're talking about maybe possibly you're calling up what essentially is a seventh man on any other team into your lineup from the AHL. And a lot of the times when you're talking about people down there, you're hoping that those guys can actually break in and do some damage or at least be a staple on the team. And right now on defense, there's, there's no one besides like Bischel who is in Europe right now. Yeah. No, no young guys that will actually turn into everyday NHLers agreed. Besides maybe Cairo, but he's got a ways. He's he's you know let's jump real quick to the AHL uh just just really quick it won't take long because we, we there's not much there to be to talk about but um I've heard a lot of good things about Cairo especially as of late he's he's moved up to the top pairing uh, with uh, speaking of which Derek Pouliot and they've been playing really well together um also the it, for those that have not been paying attention to the AHL. You really gotta you really gotta follow uh, David Castillo on X. I mean, he he talks about Logan uh, Stankoven and Maverick Bork like on a almost on a weekly basis, maybe even a daily basis. Because they do something two, crazy on a weekly basis. The, 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 <laughs> they are they are like lighting up the AHL like it's Christmas. It, it's ridiculous how well these two guys are playing, and it's not it, it's not like 
I mean, they're both really good players in and of themselves. But you remember last year, we expected a little bit more from Maverick Bork in his first professional season. And it wasn't until about halfway through where he started sort of kind of getting on a roll there. And then this year, there's the chemistry between those two guys just, just, I mean, incredible. So it, it gets me really excited to think about in like maybe two or three or four years time having a number one line of like Wyatt Johnston, Logan Stankoven, and Maverick Bork. If those three guys work well together, that would be really fantastic and really cool to see. And it it, it just gets me really excited to for the future for the stars. So the 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 one flip side on this is I really think if the stars are gonna want to make a huge giant splash when it comes to bringing in a top four defenseman, you know that teams are going to be asking about one or both of those guys, depending on who we're trying to get. If we go and ask for like a, a Darlene or something like that, which I know no team would be stupid enough to trade a Darlene like caliber player, but you have to know that one of those guys is probably being asked about by any team that we ask. So we go to Columbus and we ask about any of their defensemen on there or Calgary or whoever else is not in the playoffs. Logan or Maverick is going to be talked about in those trade discussions and trying to get a defenseman. Yes. No. They will. They need to be off the table. 100%. Yeah. Pretty much just where I'm at. The only other thing that you can be like, is like, Oh, we have a Tay Blue Mel as well. You want that instead? I mean, he, he's, he, no, he's, he's been decent this year. He has 28 points. I mean, it's it's solid, but it's it's not the star players that Bork and Stankoven are likely to turn into. Okay, so here's my here's my worry about saying that both of those guys are just not not there, right? And maybe this is a bad argument to make, but I'm gonna go ahead and make it. Do you know who we traded away? In order to get that 99 cup. Jerome McGinley. Jerome McGinley. Okay. The stars, a lot of people don't realize this or know this in the DFW area that Jerome McGinley was originally a Dallas star. He was drafted by the team and got traded for, do we know who? Joe Newendike. Joe Newendike. The guy who arguably probably put us over the top. Now, I'm not saying that that's going to be the case this time around because this team is not as dominant as the team in 98-99 was. Uh, And obviously the trade was, I think it was in 97 is when they actually made the trade. But, you know, Doug Armstrong was willing to trade away Jerome McGinley in order to get Joe and Neuendijk, and that was what was able to get the Stars a, a cup. Would you be willing to make one of those trades for and trade away one of those players if the stars were basically going to be guaranteed a Stanley Cup? It was guaranteed, or, absolutely. But guaranteed, it's not guaranteed. It's yes. a problem. Yeah. And part of the issue also is you're not just going to be trading away just one of those players. It's not going to be a one for one because the salary cap doesn't allow that. You're trading right. someone out and you're going to have to pay for the person you trade out because the other team probably doesn't want that dude. And that, that's what Ardell was saying over here uh, in a good point over here. There's no, comp- he says there's no comparing. Yes, that's true in that aspect. But what I'm saying is, you know, you gotta be, you gotta be willing to make a trade like that. If that puts you over the top is, is what I'm saying. The, the other problem is we're not, that wouldn't put us over the top. It would make us a better team, yeah, but it wouldn't be like, okay, you're far and away the best team, which is what the 99 team was. I mean, the fact that that team didn't win three or four cups is kind of crazy. I mean... They got close. They they went to the Stanley Cup final three years in a row, and they won one. It was just two years. It was just Just two years. years. Okay. Yeah, they made it it back in 2000 and lost to New Jersey in 2000 to Jason Arnett. I will never forget that. They were like one of four amazing teams. 
And that's just not where the stars are at right now. And it's not where the NHL is at. There's not this upper echelon of team now anymore. It's a lot, especially this year, so much more parity. A lot of teams are a lot closer. So making a trade like that really cripples you in the future and marginally helps you now. It didn't help as much as I feel like that kind of trade would. Um, so I just think I, I kind of agree with Ardell more there. It's just a different hockey's different now. It's, it's not really going to work that way. All right. Um, I want to get into a article from the athletic and this was uh, the stars fan survey results. Did you, did y'all get a chance to I did see not those? read this. No. Good. This will be interesting. Yeah. This will be very interesting then. Okay. All right. So it, it, we'll just ask a couple of questions. We don't have time for all of these because there's like 10, I think, but we'll, I'll just pick a couple that seem interesting. Okay. Uh, how have the stars measured up to your expectations this season? Uh, there's three responses. Met expectations, below expectations, and exceeded expectations. Where do you think the stars are at? Where? What would you... As a whole? For? Yeah. As How have the stars, as a whole, so far, measured up to your expectations this season? I, I would say... Uh... Wait, wait, when was this survey given? When did these people take the survey? Like this in- article, this article was written on January 3rd. Okay. So it literally only four, it was only released four days ago. So probably, yeah, met. I, I would say met. Met. Okay. James, what do you think? Um, Going into the year, we thought we were going to be blowing this division out of the water. Uh, now uh, I didn't. That's kind of like more the people who follow the team more. So that's not like overall fan base probably thought that. But I right now, just because of three losses, I guess I'm pretty skewed. But I'd say it's like slightly below what I was expecting. So the general feeling of the Stars fan base is that they have met expectations and very high. 77.9% 77.9% have said they've at least met expectations. And I, I think that I think that's fair. But, uh, you know, the, the, there's a lot of things that could go into this, uh, kind of discussing how they've measured up to expectations. Now, James, we talked about, I didn't think we were going to be running away with the division, but I thought it was going to be us in Colorado. And then Winnipeg said, oh, hey, guys, we're here. So, and all of a sudden they're like, 10 0 and 2 in their last 12 games. So there's a little bit of recency bias there, but uh, nobody saw Winnipeg doing what they're doing right now. And I, they're the best team in the NHL right now, according to the standings. Yeah. They really are. So uh, you can't, I wouldn't really use that argument in, in that case, but I, I could see how you could say slightly below expectations. So yeah, I, I think Met is just because I, I figure most of us thought they would be at least battling for the, for the division lead. And, and they are still. They're still right there. Um, Points-wise, I think if you ask how many points do you think this Stars would have, I bet people would say it was higher. But that's just because the parity of the league has been so much greater this year. Every, everyone's losing and winning to everybody else. It's, it's, points are just lower overall. Man, that's very true. The, the parity in this league is ridiculous compared to the way that it used to be. And the salary cap is mostly to be the blame for that, but it, it, it does make every night interesting because I mean, even though San Jose is obviously one of the worst teams at one point, they were eight and six. They had a winning record in 14 games. So never know. Okay. Uh, next question. This, I think this is a, this was an easy question for me to uh, kind of discuss who has been the best forward so far this season. Who has been Matt the best Duchesne. forward? Matt Duchesne, James? Joe Pavelski. Joe Pavelski. It's funny. Y'all are both right because jo- Matt Duchesne is number one and Pavelski is number two. Uh, Duchesne has quite a bit. Uh, 82.3% say he's been the best forward on the team this year. And that's also, and, I think, partially due to expectation because we, he, he was not expected to be even top five, probably. We wanted him to be solid third line player i mean put a couple goals in get to 20 goals that would be an amazing season and he's blown that out of the water 
Right. And if anybody was kind of, I don't want to say like ignored for the all-star game, it was, it was Matt Duchesne. So uh, I, I think he, I hope he gets voted in. I really do. I hope he's the, he, he's another person that gets to go, uh, I'm still a little, uh, I'm still a little confused on the whole Jay Cottinger thing, but whatever. Whatever. But uh, I, I also agree with Joe Pavelski being number two because I, I sing his praises every single week. The guy, I, I never say anything really bad about him that I can that I can think of. Uh, last I really game, don't. Yeah, bad turnover. That first goal by the Preds, that was rough. Okay, but there's something bad. But like I, I didn't say anything about it because I was worried you about didn't it. Say anything. Smart. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Okay. All right. Anyways, moving on. Uh, Probably like maybe, I don't know, two more questions. And then we'll get into who cares segment. Um, Let's see. Okay. Here's a good one. How do you grade Jay Cottinger's performance so far? And they gave a response of A, B, C, D, or F. What would you grade Jake Ottinger's performance so far this season? I would say he's had a C minus. It's hard to think that since he's been out for for a little while here, but he hasn't been playing up to his his Vesna caliber self. He kind of knocked himself out of that conversation pretty much immediately when the season started, and he's had well, a few big games, but we've not seen the same Otter that we've seen yeah. two previous years. If you remember, we actually started really really strong. I mean, the games were not close we were doing the weird the other team scores one goal we end up with four and then that just kind of disappeared and over the past the like 20 games we've seen our save percentage be lower than the other teams most of the time i mean most nights we are winning in spite of our goaltending and that's that's really tough to see from someone who is was trying to go through more of a sit back and take more time to recover between games and be better about not doing too much and trying not to get hurt. And then he gets hurt anyway, which makes it even rougher. And then you think, I mean, that that's just, it's just not good enough. And we know that's, that's not how he normally plays because we like, like you said, Chris, we see those games. It's, it's like one every four that he just, he just steals the game for us. I mean, it's, it's all him the entire time. And there's no question of, why we won the game it's just you get to the other ones and yeah ma- maybe some of it maybe some of it is that we're scoring more and he's like oh i don't have to play out of my mind all the time because like i'm thinking about those games i'm like we we were we we weren't having to have all these comeback wins when otter was in net all the time we weren't i mean most of the time we were leading and i i feel like Maybe that comes creeping in where he's just like, oh, I don't have to save as much. Maybe not, but it is frustrating. I think Otter is having those big games. Like you said, like one in four, he's having a really huge game is like pretty much the reason we win. But I think those three games in between those big ones have gotten worse. It's not as consistent, I feel like. And he's had more bad games this year than I feel like he has in the past. So it's interesting to hear you guys talk because the the Stars fan base is about the same with y'all. So no one's really like super sour on Ottinger, but they're also not super high on him. The highest response was a B at 55.3%, but second is a C with 36.6%. So a little more optimistic than just neutral, which is good, which is good, but nowhere near probably the expectation we we needed to see from him we would need i was hoping a little bit more for a when i saw this question and that wasn't the case he he's only got 4.5 percent on a 3.3 on d and then the stupid people who gave him an f.4 but so it's it's just those two categories they're just slightly just kind of Optimistic about him, I guess. And probably the last two years, it was all A's. So that kind of shows you the difference. And that shows his expectations have risen, but I feel like his play has also dropped a little bit too. It's also kind of indicative of how the league has gone this year too. I mean, scoring is still going up. You you look at the stars this year, we have well over three goals a game. There's a lot of teams with over three goals a game this year, which 
two years ago, I mean, you saw maybe one team get that. Yeah. Goalies are quote unquote worse right now than they were last year. They're not worse. It's just got, it's just, there's more scoring. That's all. That's it why it's quote unquote Ryan. All the people understood me. I don't know. Okay. Anyways. Um, oh, that's funny. What area would you like to see the stars upgrade most? Defenseman, Defense. forwards, or goaltender? Defense. <laughs> Guess the percentage. 90% A, 90% defense. 97% defense. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that's ridiculous. That's funny. Okay, that's not the last question, though. Uh, here's the last question. Uh, what is your confidence level in the Stars as presently constructed, hoisting the Stanley Cup in June? So you, you could have given a 1, 2, 3, 4, or 5. 1, 2, one 3, 4, or 5. or 5 being good? 5 being Five the being very confident. confident and one being no no confidence whatsoever. So where are y'all at with that question? I this is such a baby answer. I'm giving them a solid three. <laughs> and, and, and in my opinion, that means they can. They could win the Stanley Cup. This team, as it's built right now, can win a Stanley Cup. 100 percent They're built for it. But I don't think they're the favorite, and I don't think they're the top four favorite. That's kind of what three means. I I give them a four just based off of how well their offensive has done this year. I mean, we're second in the league in goals four. And with really not great goaltending, especially over the past couple of months, even in games that it that it looks like we they the other teams score like nothing. The other team is still getting three, four goals a night. And just if the goals against come down at all, we're gonna start rolling over the league. I mean, it really feels that way because we are losing games by one goal. That's three straight losses by one goal. And most of the times when we do lose, we lose by one goal. Like we win by one goal, we lose by one goal. It feels like that all the time this year. And if either uh, goals four go up even more, which honestly is possible because the third line with Ben and Johnson has started to come back online. And the first line has started to come back online as well with Pavelski, Henson, Robo. They've started picking up a little bit more five on five and the Sagan line hasn't slowed down all season long. I mean, they've, it feels like they are good for two goals a night right now. Yep. And, and then you're not even taking into account the fourth line, which has Sam Steele, a former first round pick and Smith. And then you also have Foxa, who's just not going to let anything bad happen, hopefully, but <laughs> <laughs> that's hopefully. Okay. But you look at, I look at our forwards and playing a full season with each other. That's that's the important thing, too, because you look at like the Rangers last year going into the playoffs, their forwards were absolutely stacked. They had so much depth down the middle, too. And it's, but it's all, all people they brought in at the trade deadline. And like you could tell when they were playing in the playoffs, they were just off by like just, just in like an inch. And that I felt like that really cost them in the playoffs. But I look at our team and we, we, we've had them the entire year. Uh, mostly on the same lot. lines. Yeah, mostly on the same lines, uh, which DeBoer likes to do. He likes to kind of keep the chemistry from what it looks like. And, and even we, we've seen him mix, mix it up too and just throw whoever on whoever line. And it, it, gives the team a boost and they look good on that line too. I mean, it feels like anyone can play with everyone and all can do good. What's your confidence level, Ryan? Am I going to cop out? I'm gonna, I'm going to say 3.5. <laughs> Mato over here said 4.2. So I'm going to do 3.5 because, <laughs> because both of y'all did made really good arguments. But my, my thing is, is, and I've got positive and negatives on this. The The negatives are at the beginning of the season, this team didn't seem to have a lot of what ifs. And now we're about halfway through the season and there's a couple of what ifs that have popped up. You know, what do you mean by what ifs? Like we expected Nils Lund like we thought that Nils Lundquist coming into the season was going to be better. There wasn't much of a what if with him coming in and being a better defenseman this year, and he still hasn't taken that those reins. 
there wasn't as much a big question of what if with Ottinger. And now it's it's a little bit of what if because, and I forgot who it was, jo- uh, Josh Moore over here, that this is a good, well, kind of what I was thinking as well. Otter was great in the first 10 games and then something changed and he seemed half a second slower after that. So I think there's some news to that. It, the first, so he just hasn't been as dominant as he was even last year. And and maybe he comes back from his from injury and he is the reincarnation of Dominic Hashik. I don't know. Maybe that happens. But that's a what if, right? Like what if Ottinger could be a number like a true number one in the league Vesna caliber goalie? We haven't seen that yet. He what could. if he comes back from the injury and is all messed up? We haven't seen him come back from a from a long injury like this before. Exactly. And, and that's the thing is we haven't had to ask a lot of what ifs. And now the reason why, especially the three of us are so frustrated is because we should have won these past three games, and the now these questions are starting to pop up. You know, what what if we could go out and get another defenseman that would be able to bolster the defense? And I know we talked about it at the beginning of the season. We knew we were going to have to do it, it seemed like. But still, it, th- there's just too many what-ifs on, on the negative side with this. I'm, I'm yabbering on too much. So what on the people positive, give them? Sorry. So hold on. Yeah, one thing. One more thing, and then I'll tell that. On the positive side, though, we I still don't believe we have seen the best of this team. We I, I still don't believe we've seen the, the best hockey from this Dallas Stars team. They have been able to pull a really good record out of their butts, play, never playing a full 60-minute game. There, yeah. there might be one or two games this season where they played like a 50-minute game or a 55-minute game. We have not I, seen a full 60-minute game from the Stars this season. And well, they have that ability to. That's the thing that hacks me off even more. And that's kind of why I don't want to lean either way. It's because there's too many what-if questions over here on the negative side. And yet we still have not seen the best hockey from this team. And they haven't hit a groove the way other teams have. You look at the Jets on a six-game winning streak. Like, out of nowhere. They just they found it, and they just ran running with it. Stars haven't gone on like a super long streak like that yet. So, but on the other side, this is the first time we've lost three games this season. And I, I even think in the, in, the Pete DeBoer, in the Pete DeBoer era, we've never lost three games uh, in a row in regulation. So that, that's a, that, that's another thing you could point to and say, but it's still, it's just, I wish we could see these guys just play a full 60 minutes. Put it all like, together. Gosh dang. Part, part of where we're at right now and kind of what I'm looking at, like y'all are all, all these what ifs, what ifs, right? And then, but but also all those what ifs can flip the other way too. Exactly. And there's a whole nother half of the season we're about to go into, yeah. where the what ifs can completely flip the other way, and we, we become the most dominant and, team. But a great example of that is the Texas Rangers. I mean, Texas Rangers had so many questions yeah. going into the playoffs. There's tons of questions, and all those just flipped to the green, just out of nowhere. They're all green. All of our starting pitching was great. All of our hitters were hitting. Everything was great, and they just rolled with that the entire way through the playoffs and won the World Series. And that could totally happen too. You're exactly right, James. And that's when you look at it and you're like, you, we, we, we used to say this a lot more, but like with the playoffs, you just got to get in. You got to get hot. Like, yes, yes, I want to win the division. Yes, that's great. We've seen this team multiple times get third in the division and push all the way to the conference finals. Multiple times they've done that. And Did we get that, second last year or third? Second. second. We got yeah. second. But we should have been first. And we should have been first all year long, it felt like. I mean, that was that was our spot our, all year long, and we <laughs> lost it. But <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. I probably should have waited until you were done. Ardell, can can Garcia QB the power play? Sign him. <laughs> Seriously, can the guy play can the play, guy play hockey? Can he speak <laughs> Finnish? <laughs> oh, right, exactly. He'd be the what the sixth or seventh member of the Finnish mafia on this team? Like seriously, but um, and th- what I was thinking about, Chris, and y- your analogy was probably a lot better. But I was thinking of the Canucks. I mean, just like that, out of nowhere, like Hughes was just out of just going all out of his mind to begin the season. He's kind of tailed off a little bit, but he's still really good, and he's getting some Norris consideration from a lot of people. Like, all of their forwards are having career years this this year, it seems like. And, you know, like last year, they were 
<laughs> they didn't even make the playoffs and they're number one in their division right now in the Pacific. Nobody saw that. And just like we talked about with uh, Dallas and Colorado running away with the division, we all saw Vegas running away with the division, which that's not the case. Vancouver is making a, a case to to be the division leader at the end of the season. So yeah. the, the other stuff that's just can flip so well in the stars favor is what if suddenly more penalties are called in stars games? Like not just against us, <laughs> I, not, not just for us, not just against us. We our our team has the least amount of penalties like on both sides taken and drawn than any team in the entire league. The refs go on off nights when they come to yeah. our arena. They they, they you know, the stars are in the building and they just stop calling any anything. It, it's so it's so weird. And that that is likely to change. There yeah. I, I know Law of averages, it has to. Yeah, I, I know. I know. We said it earlier, like, like a month ago. Like, it's it's gonna flip back. It's gonna flip, and it still hasn't. But it will it eventually to. start catching up. It right? might take a while, but it right? will eventually start catching up. And right, it, it's it's not. It's, it doesn't have to pass other people in the league. It just has to get closer. Like there are twenty six teams in the league who have twenty more power plays than we have had this season. All right, we're going to cut this off. We're going over. We still got one more segment. The Who Cares segment, everybody's favorite. We are doing top three paper products. Anything made out of paper is fair game. Um, So, yeah, I'm going first. I'm taking the obvious wood. Paper towels. Bam. Household essential nowadays. Love the paper towel. Who's next? James, what you got? I'm going to go with fast food wrappers. That's a good one. <laughs> good answer. That wraps up everything fun that you can eat, man. Like that everything that you get from fast food is wrapped in paper. That's amazing. That's wonderful. Right. Number three. My, my number three is lame. I, I'm just going to go with the good old napkin. And especially having three kids it is one of the most like necessary items, whether you're cleaning off something off their mouth or you're wiping a buggery nose. Do you buy napkins so. from the grocery store? No, you just said paper products. Uh, well, that's what I'm saying. How is that a top three if you never even buy? Because you, because we go to fast food restaurants, we keep the the napkins in the glove compartments just in case something happens. You saved it. That's I can't fine. be the only one okay. that does that. Parents understand my what number, I'm about. My number two is a sturdy paper plate. None of that dollar for 50, but you get those nice, where are they? Kitchenette ones? I don't know. Dixon? Cutting air? Yeah, I think they're called... I think Dixon is the... Uh, I don't know. Is, is the, there are those big know. sturdy ones. You can drop a steak on them and it doesn't even care. You got to get those, but they're great. I mean... If you're going to a potluck, you can pack one of those things up. That that's a grand old time. Paper plate. James, number second. I'm stealing Chris's number third. Paper towels is a great answer. I mean, great answer. why even use napkins when you can just buy paper towels? That's what I was and trying to no get point. at when I was and, getting after Ryan. And you use you can use them for whatever you want. You can so make sandwiches on them. I mean, that that's that's an extra napkin. You use them to that says everything. Everything. Ryan, number second. My number second is Christmas wrapping paper. I love Christmas wrapping paper. I I I used to hate like wrapping presents when I was a younger adult because it takes it took too much time. But I love so much watching my kids open Christmas presents on Christmas morning. And it's a paper product, right? It counts. Takes yeah. only use once a year. I am not liking your list so far. My number <laughs> one. You're not gonna like th- my number one then. Th- this is gonna. This this should be the consensus. This is the correct answer. I don't know what happened in the world before this invention. The number one answer is toilet paper. Oh, toilet geez. paper is the best paper product. <laughs> it is. I mean, there's no question. That's just 100 the correct answer. James. But it has I'm to be not going to disagree right? with you, Chris. But um, my number one is uh, paper plates. And I don't care if it's it's the one for fifty or not. It makes no difference to me because you know what paper plates do? It makes less dishes. Okay, less dishes is all I'm for. 
save so much time. And if you do the dollar for 50 ones, you know, and you kill too. trees, James. I love kill killing the trees. environment. I hate the environment. <laughs> Somebody call the Lorax. Ryan, the number whole, first. The whole list hates the environment. <laughs> I was about to say, don't, don't you know that all these paper products we're mentioning are all killing trees, Christian you Avery? dare use my own spells against me. Ryan, number first. <laughs> Mine's kind of a cheater one. I, I'll have to say toilet paper because because Chris is right. I'll I'll it's give it to him. Answer. But my, my I was gonna cheat with my number one. My number one is the Bible. That it's a paper cheat. product, right? It is the paper product. It the is Bible is the words of the paper. That doesn't count. <laughs> That's that is true. Cheating. He's not. He's not wrong. Both can be so right, though. You can't have the Bible without paper products. Yes, you right? can. You can memorize yes, can, the Bible, actually. and then you got the Bible in your or, head. Or you can okay. put it on Who? stone tablets. It could be on okay. stone tablets. <laughs> or it could be on animal skins. Okay, but animal skins are not exactly the best way of writing stuff down. It's Who a paper. Said it was? The best thing, the best paper thing, is Dead Sea Scrolls. Paper is, and the Bible is on a paper product nowadays. Or on your phone, which uses no paper. Done. <laughs> Boom. That's it. In the Chris video. Was, Chris was trying to find find an out there, and James gave it to him. I got him. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it, James. You're supposed to let me ha let me win this one. I thought I had it won, and then he said toilet paper. I was like, is toilet paper really more important than the Bible? But the Bible is kind of cheating a little bit. But Okay. Anyways, uh, anything else that y'all can think of, James? Because Chris is not even on screen right now. Nope. If anybody's looking for a cybersecurity dude, hit us up. James will gladly take it. Right, James? Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, we're tired. Okay. Uh, we're going to be back with you guys again uh, tomorrow night. Stars are uh, going to have another game there. Hopefully it's better than last night. Well, last night wasn't even bad. It just didn't get a save when we needed it. So, Anyways, uh, guys, we really appreciate y'all who are listening to us live. Those of you that are listening afterwards, we also really appreciate it. If you like what you've heard here today, please consider leaving us a five-star review anywhere you listen to our podcast, anywhere you listen to your podcast, not our podcast. Um, go and check out sarcasticremarks.com. There's a blog post about Miro uh, that I wrongly suggested uh, Lindell should get more minutes, and now I'm very glad that I'm wrong. And then uh, there's also all of our latest episodes also get posted there. So if you don't listen to have like a podcast provider or whatever, you can go to our website and listen to it directly from there. Um, if you'd like to support us in anything we do, please go and check out StarcasticRemarksShop.com. That's all of our latest merch there, and that's a way that you can support us as well. Um, I I thought Chris would be back by now, but I, I guess not. So I'll go ahead and wrap it up. Along with James and along with Chris, there he is. My name is Ryan. We'll catch you guys on the flip side. Hope you guys have a good, fantastic morning, afternoon, evening. Whenever you guys are listening, we will be back with you guys again tomorrow night. See you guys later.